0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path.
1: Welcome to Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday, presented by Healing Frequency Massage. It's Nina's great group that gives you real feelings of joy, body, mind, and spirit. And uh, listen to the spots on this particular podcast and make sure to... Hook up and make sure you feel better about things and just like my wife and I do with a great association with Healing Frequency Massage, sponsors of Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday and Danny and Tim's Music Scene, which rolls out another great edition. Always enjoy it. We've got a whole bunch to talk about. Tim has returned to Big Show Concert Reviews with Lizzo and that certainly was a big show a couple of weeks ago and we've got all kinds of big and little shows and big and little events and anniversaries to talk about. Uh, my wife and I consumed the uh, most recent or one of the most recent Austin City Limits uh, special releases on PBS and that was Brandy Carlisle. I'll talk a little bit about that and her. We've got some anniversaries like the release of the original Traveling Wilburys album with of course iconic uh, rock and roll members uh, many years ago and a little Detour for them, and of course we've got some anniversaries uh, regarding some tragic deaths in the music world, which uh, regard uh, connected with aviation, including Leonard Skinner, obviously an iconic southern rock band, and Bill Graham, one of the pioneers of big time rock concerts as, as an entrepreneur, and also. Taylor Swift has a new album out, and there's all kinds of other directions to go in as well. Let's talk about them next with Tim on Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday, presented by Healing Frequency Massage and another edition of Danny and Tim's music scene.
0: More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this.
1: Welcome to a fantastic way to make a great improvement in your lifestyle. Expert, caring, and relaxing massage therapy from Nina Bryant and Healing Frequency Massage. Nina brings a medical background and a passionate zeal for healing and creating a wonderfully calming and relaxing experience. If you have chronic aches and pains, anxieties from the stresses of the modern world, or you're just plain seeking to feel better, Healing Frequency Massage can do for you what it does for me. I've always enjoyed an occasional massage but was never overly fired up about it. That has all changed. Nina's caring and exacting approach will make you want to stay on the table forever. She will craft a plan tailor-made for you. All you have to do is reach out at HealingFrequencyMassage at gmail.com or call 816-988-1654. That's HealingFrequencyMassage.com or 816-988-1654. Why wait? Glad to be back again with Dr. Brad Woodle from Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture. And my wife is feeling so much better as far as her neuropathy, and it's due to the various treatments she gets here at ASFCA. It's a great success story.
2: I'm so glad that she had great results within these first few weeks. We see that often. We have some state of the art tools beyond chiropractic and acupuncture utilizing things such as cold lasers, red light therapies, in our brand new Trifecta bed. How it works is we assess the patient, get to know everything that's going on, and we take the right steps to figure out the cause and how to best treat it. There's many forms and causes of neuropathy, and based on that, we customize the right treatment plan for them, and the results come.
1: Have the same success with your treatment at Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture and learn more at ASFCA.com slash Danny.
0: Hey, are you free on Monday night? Sorry,
1: gotta watch Monday night football. What about Thursday? Sorry, Thursday night football. Friday then? I'm not going to miss out on Lawrence High and Free State. What about Saturday? That's college football. Gotta watch my Jayhawks. And don't even ask about Sunday. How do you even have time to do chores like dishes?
3: I don't. I go to the 23rd Street Brewery. I get great food, drink, and a TV everywhere I look. And no dishes for me. The 23rd Street Brewery on the corner of Clinton Parkway and Castle.
1: If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back and it's time to visit with Tim and of course you can hear him on 90.9 The Bridge and read his work at In Kansas City Magazine and check out his Facebook page which is always entertaining and fun to say the least and provocative and has some opinions and sports and all kinds of great stuff. It's my favorite stop on Facebook so except for my own I guess you're supposed to say that stuff and you have returned to Big Concert. Uh, concert reviews for in Kansas City magazine and Lizzo certainly is big time and she puts on a big show and uh, everything's kind of big about Lizzo.
3: Yeah, so that was the second my second review. I hadn't done a review since um, February of 2020 so it was um two and a half years so um, the first review I did was Keith Urban which was right. kind of a, a good way to um to step back into it. There's not a lot of surprise. You know, he he does what he does. I like it. It's enjoyable, but um, it was sort of a good way to uh, (laughs) stretch some old muscles and um, get back into a routine that, you know, I hadn't done for two and a half years after doing it. You know, there were some years where I think I probably did 180 shows. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was also, um, I was so, um, I guess, maybe unprepared for how that show would affect me the show how the show and the crowd um that i was among and with her um with with how she was able to control not control the crowd but sweep the crowd off its feet like they were in her thrall the whole time and um she's um she's a bold um she's evangelical but she's very genuine like there's nothing about her that seems put on it's really coming from um, who she is. And she is someone who had to no doubt overcome a lot to get to where she is because she's in her early thirties. And as I pointed out in the review, that's late for someone. I mean, she's been around since, you know, she's been around for seven years or so, but when she was coming to Kansas city, it was going to, you know, clubs that held 200 people. Um, And so it took a while for the buzz to get out. But it finally did. But, you know, she had obstacles against her and attitudes against her. And um, she refused to to be quiet. She refused to go away. And um, she filled that arena. It was... Um, the, the mood in there was as good as it has been for anybody I've seen, including, you know, Garth Brooks. Um, so, and the music is, is enjoyable. I like it. It's not... Um, she's not... You know, rewriting, songwriting, you know, but she's she's taking advantage of of the genre she's in and her personality and her lyrics and making music that really um it sinks in and man, some of the sing-alongs were just incredible. Like uh, the whole night I was I was thinking I knew she was popular and people loved her, but I wasn't ready for this. In a way, it reminded me of the first time I saw Billie Eilish because. The diversity of the crowd age gender race everything um so you can't pinpoint her as being um you know just um, playing to one demographic so it was um yeah it was very very um emotional it was, it was a lot of fun it it took me a while to write it just because i'm like well i haven't <laughs> i haven't written about a show like this in a long time um this was no by the numbers show so yeah, I'm I'm impressed with her. I really I really admire her um, for everything she's done and, and who she is and how she um, you know she's for she's for all the right all the right things.
1: Well, it sounds like a, an absolutely you know wonderful arc that we're going to have with her for probably quite a few mm-hmm. years. When you get to this uh, this stage and she's got a platform and you know is able to you know represent from people some people who no doubt feel disenfranchised quite a bit and you know mm-hmm. that's a that's a part of it too and make great music and and sort of positive music uh with a vibe and fun like you say not to uh, rewriting the the musical coda but uh mm-hmm. but creating a, a an atmosphere of of joy
3: mm-hmm. right and she um you know her her whole her spiel is if, if you're gonna love other people you gotta love yourself and there's no reason not to love yourself so it's it's a lot of that but it coming from her and the way she does it she doesn't pound it you know the whole night but it sounds sincere and then she reiterates it in her music in her lyrics and um just in general says you know um impresses upon people find reasons to be happy with yourself you know there are and it's really really reaffirming and you know the whole body image thing didn't really come up it's kind of implicit in some things right. but um i was also noticing like there was a, a video of her doing some yoga that looked like pretty much a stream yoga and she runs around for, or she's on stage and not running but motoring around for two hours like she's got to be pretty healthy if she's doing that every night you know or three nights or four nights a week so um yes and that whole you know her her thing is yeah i may be big but i can still i can still do it i can i can do what anyone half my size can do so (laughs) yes i mean good for her i'm i was just top to bottom impressed and um she just seems like the real deal she's up there now with gaga i think you know all the all the divas that um that appeal to people of all you know sexual orientation gender race everything it's um it was pretty impressive
1: Somebody who kind of is different in the fact that there's a lane she stays in, but it's a wildly successful lane, has her 10th album out, which seems kind of remarkable as well, and that's Taylor Swift. Midnight's is the album, and I've caught bits and pieces of it. It's Taylor Swift. She is, uh, I think, grown into an area of maybe a little bit more respect, but she does what she does. It's unbelievably popular, and when something new by her comes out, it's news.
3: Yeah, it is. And, um, what I noticed is that, um, well, this is kind of a sidebar. Yes, it's good. It's good music. I mean, she always puts out good music. It's not like you said, she's not, she's not trying to put out Sergeant Pepper or, you know, right. Um, pet sounds or anything, or, um, even, um, maybe she's aiming for Carol King's tapestry, but she hasn't gotten there yet, but yeah, she's just a solid songwriter. She knows the formula. She fiddles with it every now and then. Um, and, um, I guess she's put out, here's the deal that, um, I mean, she gets backlash just from some people who are haters, and they just don't like her and they think she's a fraud, they haven't really investigated her music or even who she is, other uh, side of music, because she's really very generous, she's behind lots of, you know, noble causes, so I like her as a person, I like some of her music, some of it a lot, some of it's, you know, it's just hard not to, it's, it's. I don't want to say innocuous, because it's not, she's writing about some things that really affect girls and, you know, teenage girls and now college girls of college age and their mothers too. Um, So she does have a place. It's not, she's not going anywhere. She will continue to put out records. Um, But one of the backlashes was um, because she's putting it on vinyl and has released four versions of this record on vinyl. And a lot of guys I know people I know, and I, yeah, you know, bands I know. You know the the backlog to get your record on vinyl is is long, and um, somebody like this jumps in line to put out however many vinyl records she's flooding the stores with. It's um, it's just one more reason for people to resent her, and I kind of think I don't know what to think. I mean, it, it's what's she going to do? Uh, right. Not put it out on vinyl. Um, so um, that was an element I hadn't really thought of when um all these big superstars decided oh i'm gonna get on the vinyl train and um it just has pushed everybody like i know a local band it took them almost nine months they released the record like in july and it didn't come out on vinyl until like you know april the following april or something so it's got to be frustrating um but i'm just thinking like four i don't even know i mean i think it's just like the vinyl's different or something i but why do you need four of these? I know you why you do because you want to sell four of them, but that seems a little excessive. Maybe. She's a wily businesswoman. I'll tell you that. I mean, she <laughs> at every turn, she's 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 finding nickels everywhere,
1: and she doesn't need any nickels. That's for sure. And uh, we're <laughs> staying in a in a sort of a, a a realm of similarity, but not really. Is Brandy Carlisle and my wife and I well actually on. Monday night, she watched the Austin City Limits, and I was doing other stuff. and And then she said, "You got to watch this." And so last night, she was about to go to to bed, and I started watching it. And she didn't leave because she wanted to watch mm-hmm. watch it again. And mm-hmm. it, it's a powerful show. the the uh, The fans clearly adore her. There's a lot of stuff from right. the, the her new album, which obviously is very, you know, personal and introspective. But she does some really different. Uh, covers as well she did one of major mm-hmm. tom by david bowie she did a, a sort of a slow burn version of woodstock by Joni mitchell who of course she has sort of uh, pushed back into the spotlight uh, she really it's a it's a powerhouse type of shit it's a rock and roll show when she's up there really mm-hmm. and uh, uh she gives the fans qu- uh, quite a bit and they give it back
3: yeah she's got a powerful voice she's got a rock rock star you know heavy metal voice if you want if she wanted to um she can belt and i've seen her probably i don't know four times she a couple times as an opener and i remember thinking the first time i saw her i forget who she opened for i think it might have been jeff beck but um i remember thinking god i know you're jeff beck but why would you follow that (laughs) like is there like there's like there's gonna be like a a vacuum for a while before um you know you got to bring everybody back to another another levels so um yeah she's not i don't think she opens for anyone anymore unless it's you know no. somebody somebody bigger than she is and there aren't many but her shows are i guess it's an instance of where everyone there feels like they're part of her family she kind of sets that atmosphere from the go with the twins and they're like her you know her brothers and every it's it's very um familial and um again she's that's who she is she's not putting on air she's not faking a persona it's, it's, she just sort of puts her um her heart and her emotions into her music and into her performances and it's so dynamic um like i was telling you before i don't i don't listen to a lot of her music there are a few songs i like the record she put out was a part of i like the most is the high women that she put out with them right you know several other women it's sort of a response to the the highwayman, you know the johnny cash and willie and those guys um so it's sort of country adjacent, but just the songwriting is, is really good, and um, I love that record. So that's probably my favorite Brandy record, but I like several of her songs, and I every chance I get, um, I go see her because the show, it, it, um, it leaves a mark. It's, it's just uh, a lot of fun and a lot of emotion.
1: By the way, when we're in Chicago to wrap up our first segment, uh, you know, my wife is always kicking around on the phone and in Chicago, there's always uh, a a lot of things going on. And you mentioned Jeff Beck. And so she said, hey, uh, tonight, if we have a little time, Jeff Beck's playing over at the such and such theater with Johnny Depp. And I'm like, huh? Like, (laughs) yeah, I I didn't know that Johnny. And I said, Johnny. And she texted it, texted it to me. I'm like. Johnny Depp mm-hmm. plays music. I I had no idea, and then I said, I texted. Sounds like the kind of thing you can do if you're Johnny Depp. I I don't know, but
3: <laughs> yeah, have you ever? Well, you know that. Go ahead. That, that project that the project they did with Dylan lyrics, it ended up um, Mumford and Son and Elvis Costello. Or the song Kansas City was part of it. Um, there were a couple Kansas City songs, Elvis Costello, Marcus Mumford. Anyway, like just a group of people setting these. Dylan lyrics to melodies and um, yeah Johnny Depp was in there too for just like I saw footage of a recording session and it's like wait what is he doing there <laughs> why is he there he's just kind of playing a guitar back there and hey what's going on like <laughs> invited himself in it looked like but so yeah I guess he's probably pretty decent on the guitar he, he must be <laughs> hang with Jeff Beck I,
1: I guess if Jeff Beck would, would would deem you worthy of even sharing the stage a little bit with him that would uh, that would be cool right. Jeff Beck is kind of a He's kind of a cool guy anyway. He, he just really kind of could have probably been in any kind of band he wanted to. And he decided he wanted to do his own thing. And he's been doing it for decades. And uh, he's in his 70s, plays with his daughter uh, on stage. And uh, so it's, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of a cool thing. So lots of cool things going on in music. We'll check out more of them and actually do some uh, sort of retrospectives that are a little more sobering as well. That comes your way next as we talk music with Tim on Danny and Tim's Music Scene as part of Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday, and it's presented by Healing Frequency Massage.
0: More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this.
1: I'm joined now by my friend and my massage therapist, Nina Bryant, owner of Healing Frequency Massage. She has me completely relaxed after a wonderful session. This is clearly a labor of love for you and a benefit to anyone. Yes, my approach to massage is medically focused. I like to treat my clients with open heart compassion connect with them so I'm able to heal them mentally, emotionally, and physically. The benefits I see are decreased chronic pain, stress relief, postural issues that are being recorrected, and they are able to live and engage in their daily lives and feel less pain throughout day-to-day living. You heard that great approach and great benefits, and I certainly benefit from it. So if you want to, too, reach out at HealingFrequencyMassage at gmail.com or call 816-988-1654. That's HealingFrequencyMassage.com or 816-988-1654. Why wait?
2: Hey, Kansas City, Joe Spiker, Easton Roofing here. This happens all the time. I had a homeowner call me because a roofing company talked him into submitting a claim for hail damage. The claim was not denied, but all the insurance paid for was cosmetic damage to the roof. Of course, there was no damage to the roof that mattered. The roofing company was just doing what most do, turn it in and hope to get lucky, with no thought to the consequences they leave behind for the homeowner. The homeowner asked me what to do, and unfortunately he was stuck paying his deductible for a bunch of unnecessary repairs. Because if he doesn't get it fixed, the insurance won't cover his roof anymore. Turning in an insurance claim is not something to do willy-nilly. It is a serious procedure that requires serious people to help you through the process. That's why you should never turn in an insurance claim without having Easton Roofing take a look first. For free. And keep you from filing erroneous insurance claims that can hurt you in the end. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. It's time to tell you about a great
1: opportunity to improve your retirement outlook by using the outstanding services of 401k USA. What the experts at 401k USA bring to you is an overlay of your current 401k plan that manages it in a far more proactive and responsive way. Too many retirement plans can be restrictive, but 401k USA brings far more flexibility to your plan to capitalize on opportunities and avoid downturns. It's simple and easy to find out much more about all the details on taking a close look at what the friendly experts at 401k USA can do for you. You can create more retirement wealth and a richer lifestyle by visiting 401kusa.org today or by texting to 816-844-6236. That's 401kusa.org or text to 816-844-6236 to find out much more.
0: If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at Look forward to hearing from you.
1: We're back and we often use anniversaries as a jumping off point for things uh, to uh, look back on, reflect on, uh, maybe shed a tear on as well. Not shedding a tear, although there's obviously people who are not with us anymore. Uh, actually more than than are with us still is the the anniversary on monday of the traveling wilburys record which obviously had jeff lynn tom petty roy Orbison, bob dylan and george harrison on it and probably they're going to do one song and it was super well received and so it turned into two albums and actually george harrison had designs on it being more but it's Really kind of, and they adopted the persona of uh, actually being Willberries and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. It was just mm-hmm. kind of a real fun thing that actually had a little more substance than maybe just the silliness that it started out to be.
3: Yeah, it's, it's in my lifetime, uh, I don't want to say it's the best because I don't declare things the best. I'll say it's my favorite. Like, if you want to call it a super group project, because it was, it doesn't get much more super than those guys, and how they all kind of acquiesce to each other. Like it it doesn't sound it sounds like all of them, but doesn't sound like only one of them. Like the the music is really collaborative. I can I can hear Petty and George Harrison more, but but you can hear Dylan in there. And then they give Roy Orbison, you right. know, room to to stretch out his voice and it's 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 him. It's so the whole thing, um when I I didn't really know much about it because this is in nineteen eighty eight and um so when it came out and I listened to it, it just blindsided me how how good it was. Cause I was, you know, um, by then a really huge petty fan. Um, and always like Dylan and I was a big ELO fan. So I, I liked Jeff Lynn and, um, but, um, looking at the band having before listening to the music and having this idea of what it might sound like. And then it's like, no, this is, this is like something completely, um, that didn't like, it didn't exist before. And it, exist now in this form because these five guys got together and put their minds together and and um, came up with this really connection of or collection of songs that is it's like a perfect record it's like start to finish it's, there's no weak moments the first record is me a lot stronger than the second but that's usually the case but the second has some really good stuff on it too so yeah what a um what a, what a magical moment that was for those guys and I know you know they all. They're all proud of it. They all loved it it's, and had a great time doing it. But yeah, it started kind of on a whim. George Harrison wanted to record a song. He talked to um Jeff Lynn and then they went to Dylan's home studio and Dylan got involved. And then, you know, before you know it, it's all it is what it became. And um yeah, that's I still play that a lot. I love so many songs on that record. And um it just kind of it it radiates everyone's songwriting strengths and lyrical strengths. Um the Tweeter and the Monkey Man, which is most people take as them kind of mocking a little bit in good in good humor. Um Springsteen, you know, because um he's written there's been a line about Mansion on the Hill. So um so it's very droll. I mean the whole berries, you know, persona thing is funny. Um so they didn't take it super seriously, but it's a really good record.
1: It is. And also one thing that comes through, which is always something that uh, you know, to me to me is a requisite, almost, but can be maybe just an additional thing for other people, they really sound like they're having fun. I mean, it really seemed for like sure, a, yeah. a fun deal and there was great respect there, and why wouldn't they? They're all great musicians in their mm-hmm. own right, but the kind of people who are collaborative, they've all been in bands and had to share fame and things like that. Maybe the least of which would be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they're people who, who really respect their musical peers. And that comes through too.
3: Yeah, they do. And um, like you said, this is, this is a project where everybody had to kind of s- s- step aside and, and share the moment in the spotlight. And they all did. Um, You know, I mean, Harrison, granted, has shared this ballet with Lennon and McCarty, so it doesn't come new to him. But, um, you know, the others, um, um, it, it was probably something kind of new to them, but they're all such good friends. That, like, they've all known each other for a long time. And that's what comes through. It's like these are just like five buddies got together and say, let's let's have some fun.
1: Well, some buddies who got together a long time ago uh, to create a band that uh, certainly was iconic was Leonard Skinner, and their plane crash was an anniversary over the last uh, week or so as well and i think leonard skinner can be uh, some uh, a band that is uh, really marginalized a little bit too much first of all there's uh, the jokes about uh, freebird uh, that are routinely used about any cover band or club you go to or anything else and and uh, then i think maybe the the uh, you know, a couple of the hit songs maybe people think of as just sort of popish or whatever, but they were a band with uh, some, some real depth and, uh, and covered some issues that uh, were deep and dark, uh, addiction and things like that. And, you know, they didn't, you didn't lose the whole band, and some derivations of them have, have survived, but uh, when they were all alive and making music in its form and creating sort of also a genre... Or helping to create a genre or being the most uh, visible to create a genre, I do think they're under respected.
3: There's a, um, well, first of all, I remember when that day, because I was a freshman in college, I was walking back from class on an afternoon. It was kind of like this one, and um, but it was maybe a little warmer. But twice on my way home from class to back to the dorm, I heard someone, I heard, could hear Freebird and both times someone had taken a speaker and was playing it out into the street, you know, which I thought, okay, why, what's that about? It didn't even occur to me, but, but that's, that's what was my first notion that, um, something was, was afoot. I don't know. But, um, and then, you know, the way news traveled back then, it took, it took hours to figure out what happened. But, um, yeah, that was, um, that was a shock. And I, I bought some of their singles. I bought, um, Sweet Home Alabama on single. I bought, I bought, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, Sweet Home Alabama. that said, "Yeah, um, give me three steps, um, Free Bird, all that stuff." I, I like that. But what really changed my impression of them? There's some record, the Muscle, Muscle Shoals sessions. That's mm-hmm. hard to say. Um, that it's like the earliest version of some of their some of their best songs, like um, "Simple Man." You know, "Tuesday's mm-hmm. Gone." I love that song. Um, so they had some really sharp songwriting um, hooks and, and licks and chops they were um they were good they were good songwriters and that uh running could sing <laughs> right. could sing hard and it was just a nice you know i i think the reputation as it developed and even after you know after the the band went away for like 10 years after the crash and they had been, since been revived maybe part of the story has been i don't know co-opted and taken to a different place um, I know the confederate flag was a was a right part of some pushback so there are reasons some people um resent them or don't like them but you can't make fault with their songwriting like like their their greatest hits record has seven or eight really good songs on it and um if you listen to it and break it down there's a lot of you know there's all the parts of really you know good songwriting there's verse chorus bridge pre-chorus whatever you want to do they 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 weren't just hammering out three, you know, three chord songs. It was, it was good stuff. Um, and just another, you know, just terrible way (laughs) for, um, for a band to, to essentially end.
1: Yeah, it was. And, And if you put yourself in a position, which is almost impossible to not hear free bird for a long, long time, and and a couple of times that's happened to me where I've just like uh, just by circumstance a great song. maybe I've gone a year without hearing it and then I'll i I'll hear the run out and I'm like, Wow, that's really good. Yeah. But 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 we've yeah. heard it, it just too too many times. But if you do don't hear it for about a year, it you realize what a good song it really was.
3: Well, and then the numbskulls you yell it out to be funny, like you know, uh, you know, when you're at like a an indie rock band, some you know, whatever somebody yells it out like it's supposed to be funny it's not it wasn't funny 20 years ago it's definitely right. not funny anymore but half the time i want to say this band cannot play that song it's too hard for them they can't <laughs> play they don't know that many chords are you kidding me like <laughs> and they can't jam like that so right you wish
1: <laughs> exactly and You know, that certainly was uh, what we've lost too many, you know, great artists to uh, decisions to be made to travel in a little more dodgy ways Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, obviously Buddy Holly and uh, that uh, thing. And Patsy Cline and and, uh, Leonard Skinner, obviously, and Bill Graham. And while that, uh, you know, not Billy Graham, Bill Graham, while that name may not resonate, he was really sort of the father of, big-time rock and roll shows, uh, be it uh, with his mm-hmm. starts in San Francisco and, and the arenas and venues that he was uh, really in control of there to uh, starting up uh, maybe bigger shows in outdoor settings. Uh, he was a big-time mm-hmm. guy who was lost really before the age of 60 in a helicopter crash, and he was an iconic part of the, the uh, you know, b- beginnings of big-time musical
3: shows absolutely um his life before that was he, he his mother put him and his sister up in an orphanage in an orphanage because he, he grew he was born in berlin in like the early 30s so he ended up they ended up escaping nazi germany on a boat his sister starved to death on the boat he barely made it to, to the us alive and ended up in new york made his life he ended up going to school he drove a cab so he could go to school and get a business degree and then um ended up in San Francisco and started working for this um, MIME troop. It was like their business manager. And then um, a couple of them were arrested for public indecency or something. Um, and so to get them out of jail, he's, he threw this like benefit show, which is he was pretty much the guy who started that whole concept of benefit shows. And he got involved in MC International stuff. He was involved in Live Aid. So he he was out in the forefront of that. <clears throat> And then he just started to get into the music promotion thing, and he was the one, yes, he renovated old theaters that no one had been using. Maybe they were movie theaters like the mid then, like the uptown, made them concert venues. He was the guy who really pushed for that. He had the Fillmore and right. Fillmore East, <clears throat> right? Both of which he ended up closing. Um but um so his his vision of what things could be um at bigger shows and arena shows and then big outdoor shows. And he's also kind of the guy who started merchandising, you know, t-shirts. He saw the value in really good concert posters that they would be collectibles, which he was completely right about that. So he, um, yeah, he, he, I mean, a lot of what he started and employed is still being used and will always be used. Um, and the really sad thing is he was in that helicopter because he went to see Huey Lewis in the news show somewhere. And, um, one of the reasons he went is he was talking with guys about doing another benefit show one for there was like fires in them um, up in northern california around oakland and he, he wanted to do he wanted to help out he wanted to raise money for these people who lost their homes so up to the end his heart was in a good place and um yeah he was barely 60 it's just i, I mean I, I remember it at the time but just looking back at it this week i thought man what that guy could have done if he was still around you know like right. for what he would have done you know in the In the years after that, so yes, it's he's not on record. He started some labels, but um, he changed the the business of live music and and for good, mostly.
1: Well, I've often talked about the fact that uh, every other or every Friday, I get in my email a a thing called sleeve notes from the Guardian, which is a British publication, and it's pretty easy to access if you can and find it. I think they might have a dollar subscription or something like that. But anyway, in the Sleeve Notes uh, last Friday, there was an article called How Merch Saved the Music Industry, and it's an exploration of how important for artists, big and small, the selling of uh, merchandise is now, and also some controversy surrounding it with venues uh, really charge uh, a pretty uh, hefty chunk sometimes of commission on this type of thing. It's a fascinating yeah. musical story because in this day and age, tr- you know, d- the difference between maybe a smaller act making a a reasonable living or not is merchandise.
3: Yes. It's, um, and that's one thing Taylor Swift can't take away is your t-shirts or, Mm -hmm. you know, your posters or whatever. You can make those on your own. It's, um, it's relatively inexpensive to make, you don't really have to wait too much in line for those. And, um, yes, because the way music is sold now recorded music, the margins are so thin um, you can't really rely on that and vinyl is a good way you know to make um to make some money but like we were talking about before you gotta the wait for that is is um is prohibited so yes um t-shirts um just whatever you can come up with keychains koozies i don't know it's um whatever you think your fans will buy you know i was in a tech nines compound once where he's got this merch factory like it's right it, it was insane like the hoodies and the t-shirts and the sweat suits and uh, just everything you can think of kids for your or things for your infant child like um so (laughs) because every you know three month old needs a strange music (laughs) booty or something i don't know but so yeah it's it's um it's you have to it's almost like you don't even have a choice i mean i suppose you do if you know your audience isn't big enough to to support some big merch effort but usually everybody wants t-shirts you know i think
1: I think that now more than ever, also, the way, the way people just generally dress lends itself to it, too. People want to represent their their, their favorite acts or bands. Uh, people, mm-hmm. people almost can dress up wearing a t- T-shirt, as it were, with a jacket or they can wear it in the mm-hmm. summer or it's cold in the winter and hoodies are, are, are everywhere, be it fashionable or whatever. PGA Tour golfers wear hoodie, hoodies now. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just an area where uh, you can you can really make uh, the difference in the slight margins that we unfortunately have in the music industry.
3: Right, if you're a small band. There is something more satisfying about wearing something that mm-hmm. um, you know sort of advertises an obscure band, and so there aren't you're not going to see two or three people wearing that shirt, um, so that little element of exclusivity is um is an attraction i've got several t-shirts from local bands and um yeah it's 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 singular more singular than just you know being one of 6000 people who buy a shirt at the at the uh, t-mobile arena for whomever
1: yeah or wear a homes jersey or something like that Right, exactly <laughs> exactly a little more il- il- exclusivity a little more fun and a little more personal connection as far as music and that's what music is and we explore it every couple weeks with tim always a pleasure tim thanks as always
3: thanks danny see you next time
0: we hope you enjoyed the latest danny Kling scale reasonably irreverent podcast come back soon for something fresh and new This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like Healing Frequency Massage, expert caring and personal therapy for the body and mind. Contact Nina Bryant at HealingFrequencyMassage at gmail.com or call 816-988-1654.
3: Step into the world of power, loyalty.